Welcome to the Denver United podcast series on leadership in every season. Our hope is to equip you to be the hands and feet and voice of Jesus in our city. Hello, Denver United, and welcome to another edition of our podcast series, looking at leadership in every season. How different the world looks uh, from this time last week. It's amazing the changes that we're experiencing and that for most of us are unprecedented in a lifetime. So we know that Jesus is at work in us and he plays in every season as our world is going through so much change. We know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so what does life in Christ look like? And how do we thrive during this time? And how do we represent Jesus in the, in the public square, at the water cooler at work? What does it mean to be the, the hands and feet and voice of Jesus in times of so much uncertainty and change? Today I have as my guest, Pastor George Towers, one of my favorite human beings. And um, George, we, uh, we started and we're halfway through a sermon series at Denver United that you and I were crafting and leading together called Disruptors, where yeah. we were looking in the book of Acts at um, how the Apostle Paul and the first century church Christians we're the ones recognized as turning the world upside down. And here now, right in the middle of our Disruptors series, we got disrupted. Our world has been turned upside down. Yeah, it's just ironic, man. Just We were talking about this the other day, just how, you know, we're, we're, we're always caught off guard by these types of situations. But it was just sort of ironic that in our Disruptor series, we had been disrupted and everything has come to a halt and been turned upside down. It's just where we find ourselves. It seems that Jesus' church is, throughout the 2,000 years plus of Christian history, kind of a variation on the, on the theme of responding to cultural disruptions with the steady, same, predictable, reliable, dependable, trustworthy message of the gospel, that Jesus loves us, and that while the world's changing around us, He doesn't change and we can rely on Him. But our lives sure have changed. Man. You know, just thinking about two weeks ago, what we would be talking about, you know, at work together. George and I, you may or may not know this, we're both big basketball fans. Uh, a bucket list for me that we put together as a group this year, I've always wanted to have season tickets to something. So we put together a group and got season tickets to the Denver Nuggets. And here we are halfway through our season and, and the game stopped. The games are done. I, I, this was supposed to be my time, okay? Next week, Wednesday... I don't know when this will be listened to, but three days from now, me sitting at this table, I was supposed to go see the Clipper game. Me and Neil. Huge game. Clipper game, ultra premium game. Kawhi, the robot, Leonard, Paul George, popcorn. Now I don't get to go, right? But I still paid for it. Like, I just, I'm just, everything, I'm, I'm, I'm really upset. Yeah, it's spring break coming up um, for most of us with our kids. We were planning on going skiing. Yeah, yeah, we were supposed to go up to Loveland or somewhere on Thursday, and now we're not. Like, everything that we planned to do has just, like, completely been put on hold. And I'm sure, like, obviously we're not the only ones, but it's just, it's, it's kind of frustrating and kind of just unsettling to, that all these plans that I had, uh, whether it was just to sit down and watch a game or uh, fill out my bracket with you and other people here at the office for March Madness or go skiing with my kids, it's just like, no, you're not. Like the, the the world is telling me no. You know, it's just sort of trying to catch your bearings on what to do and how to move forward. 
I think what to do and how to be are are some questions that we should be thinking about all the time, but yeah. that get answered for us by the rhythms of life and the responsibilities and commitments that with which we fill up our day and our week. Most of us go from thing to thing, and now many of those things have been removed, whether they're commitments or um, you know activities for you and me that our kids are into that we transport them to incessantly. Uh, now we've got time on our hands and we're at home. And that leaves for many a lot of room to think and feel and then feel panic. Uh, what are you seeing out there? I was telling you about yesterday, my experience uh, going grocery shopping. And uh, I, I had a, a coronavirus moment in King Supers when I was contending for the last two packs of hot dog buns. My wife asked me and Ellie to stock up. So we were stocking <laughs> up and there were, there was like 18 packs of hot dog buns left. Not many. The shelves were mostly empty, but I, I needed two. Right. And there was a, normally you wait until the person, you know, retrieving the buns is done and then you jump in and get yours. <laughs> but he was taking all of them. And so I had to do that socially awkward thing of like jumping in while he was placing one in his basket and grab my two and then take off. It, it, this is happening. <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, it's it's even funny to see for me, like, well, not funny, funny is the wrong word, but just it's it's seeing how our my kids are picking up on it as well. You know, if I cough, Levi's like, dad, do you have the coronavirus? Or, you know, they're just like, they're, they're picking up on all of these things. We were at, uh, Christy took the kids, my wife to, uh, took our two boys uh, similarly to King Supers uh, the other day. And it the, the, just everything's out. There's nothing left. Uh, but as they're walking out, Noah is, is commenting to every person coming into the store, asking them if they have the virus, right? Like <laughs> loudly, like, do you have coronavirus? You know, so it's just sort of like, you can just see that, obviously the reason we're all out of everything at the stores is because we're all doing what everyone is doing, right? It's the chicken or the egg thing, which is sort of weird. But even seeing the way my kids are picking up on it, they're picking up on the angst, the like, hey, why isn't there any milk left on the shelf, right? Like they're really observant to something is happening right now that they haven't seen before. And uh, I think they're even noticing a little bit more than I would have thought. So what I want to ask you about, George, one of the things that I most admire about you is your steadiness. Uh, you walk with Jesus, you love your family, you're a delight to work with, you're, you contribute so much to our team and to this church, um, but you're pretty predictable. I kind of know what I'm going to get with George, and I feel that is a great value because we work closely together, and I feel a little moody and, and volatile, and, and you're pretty much always full of joy. And I'm sure you would say, yeah, ask Christy or you should yeah. see me in the morning. But I mean, your, your <laughs> swings are within a, a narrow margin. And I think there's something that uh, is of Jesus in that and something that we need to learn from because maybe life doesn't make the lack of that cost as much when times are good as it does when times are hard like now. Those who are prone to swinging are swinging wildly. And the, the degree of panic, the, the hyperbole in the discourse, just read a, a social media feed for a minute, and uh, it, it makes you feel like you can't leave your house. You just need to lock yourself in the basement, dig a bomb shelter, and, and wait for the apocalypse. Yeah, man. I, first off, thank you. Um, and like you said, that is probably not incredibly accurate. I have my swings just like everybody else, man. But um, I, I think... One of the things for me that 
that I find myself repeating all the time, just, just to myself and to people that I get the opportunity to talk to, um, comes down to this. And we can kind of zoom out, and it maybe gets a little bit more practical as we as we get forward, as we move forward. But just as Christians or people that are Jesus followers, trying to remember a couple of of truths that it, I think we believe, but if we remind ourselves of them, it really can help frame how we react in everyday uh, life. One is that God doesn't change, right? So God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And also the fact that God knows everything, right? So uh, for example, if, if, you know, Rob, if I tell you, I love you, well, that means something to you. But like if tomorrow you drop kick my dog or something or do some really like mean stuff to my kids, I don't know that right now. So that love you is conditional in some ways, right? Like I don't know what you're going to do. So, but when God says, I love you, he does so knowing everything I've ever done, everything I'm currently in the middle of doing. And the crazy part is the thing that I don't even know that I'm going to do on a really bad day seven years from now on a Tuesday. He, he knows that as well. And he, and he says, yeah, I love you right now. So a lot of times for us, that can really help us when we're, we're dealing with uh, um, some sort of guilt or shame. It's like, no, no, no. If God is the same and God knows all things, if he's ever loved you, then he always will. The fact that God sees everything at the same time. So moving that a step forward, God is also, by that definition, I think, the way I understand it, incapable of being surprised, right? Or caught off guard. Now I am. If I stub my toe, I'm like, ah, I didn't know that was going to happen, right? But like, God never is shuffling papers trying to figure out what to do next. Uh, if God sees everything at the same time, he's never surprised. He's never um, thinking of a plan B, right? If, if, and if that's true, that helps me um, in times like this, where none of us saw this coming, you know, two or three or four months ago. Um, even when it was happening other places around the world, you're sort of like, ah, well, is it going to get here or whatever? This caught a lot of us off guard, even in the last week. But if if all of these things are true about God, I think about in several places in Scripture. One of them is in um, Hebrews chapter 8, but tons of other places where it talks about this imagery of Jesus being seated at the right hand of God. And sometimes for me, like that imagery helps me that mm. when I'm panicked, when I'm caught off guard, when I'm surprised, when I am reeling, trying to figure out what to do next, I can just picture God sitting down, you know? And I don't know exactly what to take from that theologically, but for me, like, I'll just picture God, not, not in, a, in a standoffish way, like he doesn't care or he's not concerned, but I sort of picture him just sitting down, like, uh, he's chilling, like, he's not frantic. He's not sending angels to try to figure out what to do. He's in control and he's calm and he's seated. And for me, I think that's what would, if you, any sort of semblance of steadiness that you see from me, like very imperfectly, maybe comes from, from, from sitting with that reality that God is seated. He can't be caught off guard. And his posture can sort of inform my soul to just take a breath um, and say, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't think God's freaking out. So I can kind of, uh, I can take a breath and chill as well. The idea that, Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, not standing up, tensed, ready to spring or recoiling or anything like that. Mm. Um, it does give a powerful and really countercultural mental picture. I had a mentor years ago who, um, who in his 
most influential season, um, sat on a number of, of significant boards yeah. and, um, and rubbed shoulders with some luminaries in our country. And one of them, um, a, a general in the body of Christ, asked my friend, uh, what do you think is the most prevalent, the most meaningful um, or primary attribute of Jesus? Mm. And he recounted going through, well, he, he's loving, uh, he's, uh, he's humble, mm. and he's selfless, all of which undoubtedly true. Uh, and, and, and this, at the time, older and, and wiser uh, brother listened and, and affirmed. And then my friend asked him, uh, what do you think? And he paused and he sat back and he said, I think maybe it is that Jesus was relaxed. Man. And I think of all the things I think about Jesus, I confess his being relaxed, Hmm. his steadiness doesn't come up in the first tier of my responses. Though when I started engaging Christ in the Gospels with those glasses on, I saw it everywhere. Yeah. Think about Jesus asleep in a boat, in a storm, in a time of opposition and uncertainty. Yeah. He didn't do that merely because he was so tired he couldn't keep his eyes open or couldn't be bothered to help row through the waves. He was modeling something for us, something that we see enduringly with him sitting down at the right hand of God. Yeah, and I think even bringing up that story, right? Remember before they got in the boat, didn't Jesus tell them, hey, we're going to cross to the other side, right? So they had this word from God that he had given them, and then they hit opposition, and then he's sleeping, right? It's sort of like, if I'm them, I'm again, I didn't know this storm was going to come. The waves are hitting. And Jesus is sleeping, right? Modeling this idea of him being relaxed. But I think the, the word that Jesus gave them before they got into the storm still applied in the storm. Like Jesus knew that that storm was going to come when he told them, we're going to the other side. And sometimes I just feel like in times like this, we, we can remember, maybe for some of us that are, have a relationship with God, that he's told us in the past that he's going to be faithful, that he's going to provide, that he's going to be God in our lives. And we're like, yeah, preach that, right? Because we're on the other side of the shore before the storm hit, right? But that same word, like God knew that when he told you, like he knew the storm was coming when he told you he would be faithful. And I think that, that that's just so applicable for us right now, that whatever God has spoken to you in the past he didn't do that not taking this into consideration. <laughs> he wasn't like, oh, well, you know what? I would have been faithful, but I didn't know coronavirus was coming in 2019. Right. So in that case, let me rethink my promises to you, right? Like it, he knew, and the same word that God gave you yesterday applies today, even in the midst of this uncertainty. He hasn't stopped being him. His promises haven't stopped being true or right. trustworthy. Right. The plans that he knew he had for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, yeah. plans to give you hope in a future last week, though right. the deal is still on. The deal's still on. That's so good. He made those plans through the prism of this experience. And it could be that this experience, mm. hard as it is, yeah. is part of their formation. Exactly. Exactly. 
You know, the, the sleeping in the boat at the time you described, unexpected to be sure, countercultural, I mean, downright offensive maybe. Like, aren't you going to <laughs> right. help us? You know, they woke him up and you heard a twinge of that in their, in their words. Don't you care right. that we might drown? As if being in very nature God, he was unaware of that possibility. But I think when we model the life of Jesus in uncertain or trying times, such as we face right now, it's also unexpected from others. It's countercultural and, and it may be offensive. But what a manifestation of the life and the goodness and the peace of God in the midst of the, the chaos and the, uh, the froth of rhetoric around this, this crisis. Oh, what a testimony it is to live like Jesus mm. and to live relaxed, yeah. just to stay steady. Yeah, and I mean, I, I didn't think we really planned on talking about this whole boat metaphor as much, but I think even for some of us that are listening to this right now, right, it's sort of that feeling of, is God even in this boat, right? Like, look at what's happening. Look how bad it is. Is, is God even, he, or if, if God is here, it feels like he's asleep. Is God paying attention? And, and I would just want to encourage anybody that's thinking that, that God is still in the boat, even if it doesn't seem like it, even if we have questions, right? You get into this whole thing, well, did God let this happen? I don't know how all this stuff works out, but what I do know is that God is here. He's not panicked, um, and he's attentive to us, and he's going to show himself faithful in this time. Such a valuable, valuable perspective. So countercultural. What a witness to the gospel if we can live steady. Yeah. That's not to say don't feel it. Right. That's not to say don't experience the hard as though it were easy, Right. Jesus didn't bury his head in the sand. He, he wept and grieved and experienced fear and loneliness and pain. But the steadiness that recognizes that God is, he reigns above the flood. Mm-hmm. Um, that not only is a witness to our city, but what an example in our household, to our roommates, to our families. I've talked to a number of, of our younger adults in the Denver United family, whom, uh, for whom some of their formative memories came during the last economic recession and have talked frankly about their parents freaking out. Hmm. They remember yeah. hearing conversations had in front of everyone about how they lost their shirt financially, which maybe they did. Or uh, we don't know how this is going to go, which maybe they didn't. But what an opportunity we have simply by taking God at his word and and taking it seriously, but relaxing to represent Jesus in these times of uncertainty and to lead out there in the marketplace, in here, in our homes, and in our church family as well uh, in this season of uncertainty and change. Yeah, so I would say for those of you listening, man, like maybe this week, like you said, like there's going to be a lot that we see, a lot that we experience that we're not expecting and rightfully so may cause some fears, some, some doubts, some questioning, some unrest to arise in our hearts. I would just invite you to just, uh, it's, it works for me um, as, as often as I practice it, but when you feel all of that, um, just try to picture that, that image of Jesus sitting down, that he's not panicked, that he's relaxed, and allow that image, allow the posture of Jesus 
to just be that rest and that mm. calm and that relaxed nature for your soul. Um, I'm not saying it'll be a solution, but it'll inform how you go about uh, moving forward in the world. Just picture Jesus sitting down. Um, he's not panicked. He's there. He's aware. He's for you. He's with you. So good. Even as we didn't know two weeks ago what this week would feel like, and probably none of us were imagining that we'd be doing the things that we are, who knows what next week and next month will look like. Maybe this blows over and we'll realize it was Y2K. Maybe we lock down like countries in Europe and uh, and we settle in for the long haul. But what is true of today is true of tomorrow as well. That Jesus is not unaware. He saved us to the utmost. His life and redemption are for this and every season. Mm, yeah. And so this is a posture that self-reinforces and reinvests. And if we as God's followers grow in, in this image of Christ that we bear and can just stay steady through the storm, uh, what an opportunity for influence. What an opportunity for leadership just in our daily life, just in living it out through the storm. George, thanks for taking time to be with us, yes. talking through these things. Absolutely, this is so fun, good. kind of figuring out yeah. how do we pastor a congregation and equip one another for works of service, as Scripture teaches, in a time of social distance. Well, uh, may God bless it. I'll tell you what, as we, uh, as we prepare to sign off, will you pray for us? Just pray these ideas maybe into us as a church family. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus, we just thank you for our church and allowing us to be a part of this family that you're forming in Denver. And Lord, we just ask... Um, for your peace in this time. You said that you would leave your peace with us as a gift, a, 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 a peace that passes our understanding. So Lord, would you install that peace in our soul and our hearts? Would you help us to live uh, with, the, with the revelation that you are with us, that you're not surprised, that you're not caught off guard, but you are here and you're attentive to us, Lord? Would you help us to be steady as you are and, and reflect the image of Christ um, in our own hearts and our families and in our communities? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, everybody, thank Amen. you for being with us today, sharing a bit of your day with us. As always, go to denverunited.com slash update for resources galore, a growing trove uh, for living and thriving and leading well during this time of uncertainty. Man, God bless you all. We love you a lot. <laughs>